Bienvenido mi gente a nuestro podcast Somewhat Deportes. Me llamo Alberto, como siempre, ya tú sabes. Conmigo tengo a John Dennis, el propio, el propio John Dennis. We don't have John Williams is not here with us today, so extra Hispanic podcast. Extra Hispanic today. podcast. Ya tú sabes. Ya tú sabes. Excuse me. Did you like the air horns? Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Only added to the atmosphere. That track, by the way. I love a banger. This. A banger. I dig this so much. <laughs> it's such a good vibe. <laughs> we should replace our normal podcast. This, might, this might be a niche reference, but for any of our listeners who may have watched WWE uh, like about 10 years ago. It sounds a lot like the Carlito theme song. Oh, really? <laughs> I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. And it's just basically that. <laughs> he's, a Puerto, he's the only Puerto Rican on the in the show. So, of course, they gave him a very Hispanic song. Of course. <laughs> he would chew they, apples they, on it. He would, they, chew, they, he would take a bite of, a, of an apple on his way to the ring, and part of his like big moveset was spitting, his, spitting the apple in people's faces. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Name, Carlito, name, name Carlito. a better duo, old school WWE and racist tropes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not even old school, bro. It's like 2008. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Oh, jeez. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> welcome uh, to Somewhat Sports, yeah, guys. Welcome to Somewhat Sports. <laughs> My name is John Dennis. You can catch me on uh, 97.5 WPCB, your hometown country station. Uh, I don't know. I did the full thing there, but uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like a force of habit. I just say that it's all the time. Whenever I say my name and uh, and see the station, it's just like the whole thing comes out. It's all branding, man. Right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you can catch uh, the show at Somewhat Sports uh, on Twitter and Instagram. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram as well at John Dennis Radio. That's J O N uh, Dennis Radio. Uh, joining me today, Alberto Camargo. Yes, sir. A L B A R E T O on Twitter. E T O. A L B A R E T. I know how to say my at name, but don't tell, don't tell me how to say my at name. That's fair. It's the same thing on Instagram with an underscore at the end, guys. <laughs> I was thinking like every time John makes like a to go order on the phone, I could have a name. Uh, John Dennis of uh, WPCB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I do it, actually. Isn't that? That's exactly how it is. Uh, and of course, uh, our third uh, co-host who is not here today, John Williams. You can catch him on Instagram at John, uh, JL Williams 5 right? Is that right? Is that yeah, right? that's right. All right. Good, 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 good. All right. Uh, first things first. What a weekend of football my goodness just it's it's bittersweet because we're coming to an end soon it is it is kind of sad um because i love football football is mm-hmm. my favorite time of the year um just like just going into it i mean the amount of like just this number one football i watch but then like the film that i watch too um and just it's it's just fun just diving into it you know yeah the but that's and O's. it's it's reasonable because you played football when you were younger you played all through high school so you you know I did. you have a love for the game me, on the other hand, I played baseball all through high school, and I can't tell you the last time I watched a regular season baseball game all the way through. <laughs> well, why would you, Playoff why baseball would you is different. It's fun. But, boy, when the Rays are on in the middle of June, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so, do we want to start off? Because we did talk about how you know the, the chances of there being an upset weren't super great, but we did talk about the possibility yeah. uh, of, of an upset in some yeah, of these I'm, games. Here. I'm not going to take credit for calling the Titans over the Ravens. Definitely not that. No, but you did lay kind of sure. a plan down as to like you know exactly right. what might happen. I thought maybe a combination of the Titans having momentum and the Ravens being rusty after not playing wild card weekend and basically a week in 17. Most of their starters didn't play week 17. Right. 
Um, I thought you know there was something to be said for that, and, and obviously that wasn't the entire reason they lost, but it uh, certainly seemed to have played a factor because the Ravens' offense, although they could put together a few drives, a few excuse me, a few first downs Only in one drive, twelve points all game. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Like they could they could get a few first downs each drive, and Lamar Jackson would have a few big throws, but they could never piece together the, the touchdown drives they needed. And then when you have Derrick Henry just running amok once again on the Ravens' defense, it just... 195 yards. Yeah, it, I mean, it, he had more yards than he had last week against the Patriots, and that was a game that people thought wasn't sustainable for the entire playoff run. I mean, yeah. we'll see if he... Also, can... Derrick Henry threw a touchdown? That's hilarious. That, exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> he you, does it all. <laughs> you, don't, you don't prepare for that. No. Like, I, at no point would I have thought that was going to be a touchdown pass. Like, at all. Direct snap? Oh, he's, he's running it straight up the gut. Out right. that gut. You know, like, he's just going straight up through. But no. Jump pass, Tim Tebow. Yeah, shout was, out, shout out Tim Tebow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. It, it was a it was a good game. Um, it was it was an interesting watch just because like you're like what what is going on with the Ravens? Like the whole time you think it's like all right, the Ravens are going to turn this around. Like they'll eventually, eventually get it going, yeah. and then they just they just didn't, you know. And so a lot you you had mentioned uh, during the pre production meeting that the, uh, you want to do like a winners and losers kind of kind of <laughs> segment here, uh, and you said uh, that one of the big winners of this weekend, other than you know the Titans and and, and Derrick Henry, uh, was the people who criticized uh, Lamar Jackson, right. And for the people who said cold weather Lamar, <laughs> yeah. because the few times that he's had to play in really cold weather, he hasn't been good. Not that it was crazy cold in Baltimore, but, you know, just people who have been doubting Lamar Jackson since he, uh, you know, declared for the NFL draft. And obviously, like, like the, these fa- the face of this movement is Bill Polian. I think we, right. we should just say that out loud. Bill Polian has been, a, you know, on the Lamar Jackson is not it bandwagon since he came out of out of louisville he famously didn't include lamar jackson on his all pro teams uh for this nfl season which, yeah, which is ridiculous. when you when, when you're when you're, you're when you are not including the probable mvp of the league in your all pro team i think there's something wrong with your evaluation yeah i mean <laughs> when you look at lamar jackson's stats though, like for this game 365 yards to the air a touchdown a lot of that was garbage time yeah that's fair a touchdown and two interceptions uh but on the ground 143 yards i mean when you look at the stats you're thinking like not the worst game in the world. Yeah, but if you take that if take you take that out of context, that's a great game for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And you know, the Ravens should have scored 30 points if if that's the stat line you're giving me. Sure. So hey, Lamar Jackson threw for 300 yards and 100 more on the ground. One touchdown, two picks. Oh, well, maybe they ran in a bunch of touchdowns. You know, it's just like the numbers don't back it up. Right. And which is like it's like the opposite of Ryan Tannehill's stat line, which is 88 <laughs> yeah. yards through the air. <laughs> through the air, 13 yards on the ground. For Ryan Tannehill, uh, with two touchdowns though, no interceptions. That's right. I mean, that's what you need him to do. Protect the point. ball. It's like let let Derrick Henry just just run the football, manage and, the game. Yeah, and then when you get down near the near the goal line, do what you got to do and 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 put it where it needs to go, and and don't give the ball to the other team. Very very <laughs> important stuff there. Right. And Ryan Tannehill has been able to do that. Ryan and, and and don't get me wrong, because Ryan Tannehill had some pretty good games throwing the football during the regular season, but now that it's playoff football. You know, you got you have to lean on what you're good at. Exactly. And when you have when you have probably the best running back in the league right now, no one wants to tackle Derrick Henry. Yeah, I wouldn't. Not either. one. Not person. even not even Earl Thomas after getting that first stiff arm. He's like, I'll, t- I'll turn my back. I'm like, I'm good, Where'd man. Where'd he go? Oh, exactly. So crazy. He's just there. That's insane. And so and that's so when I look at obviously it's it's now the the championship round for each conference. Mm-hmm. The Titans take on the Chiefs, and the Chiefs obviously won their game. They they had a little bit of a scare uh, against the against the Texans. Uh, but they ended up surviving. But I 
am a little bit worried for the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs, but I also like the Titans. I, I, I love this matchup because of two reasons. Number one, I love Ryan Tannehill. I really do because I'm a Dolphins fan. And I just like – it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? We couldn't give you what you needed. We broke up a year and a half yeah. ago, but I still got love for you, man. Exactly. I just I want to see you do well. That's like the ultimate <laughs> expression of love. Like I just want what's best for you, you know? And so Ryan Tannehill's gone, and I want I want him to be successful because no one thought that you could win with Ryan Tannehill, and look where they are right now, right? Yeah, they're winning. They're winning not because of him, but they're winning with him. They're one game from a Super Bowl, exactly, right now, with Ryan Tannehill at the helm, uh, and and not in no small part. I mean, granted, during the playoffs, it has been small part. That's what I'm saying. But they're not winning because point, of him; they're winning with him. Right, exactly. Uh, but one thing that I will say, I'm like a little bit worried when it comes to this game, is at least if I'm a Chiefs fan is I talked last week about how the Chiefs passing offense or passing defense, excuse me, has been a lot better than we're used to the Chiefs pass defense being. And you didn't you didn't see it right away in the Texans game, but you did see them kind of lock it down towards uh towards the end to preserve that lead. But the Titans as you can tell from the stat line here, Ryan Tannehill's only thrown for 88 yeah. yards. I wouldn't call them an air raid team at all. Not <laughs> one bit. Not one bit. And the crazy part is, like that, the, the running game that the Titans have plays to the weakness of the Chiefs' defense. And if you can... Re- I mean, and everyone says if you can control the clock, you can control the ball against, against Patrick Mahomes. They, what, they absolutely were, because I remember at some point during the game, the little possession time Mm -hmm. came up and it was like 12 minutes for the titans versus like four and a half for the ravens yeah so they're very much hold on to the ball and their defense is is good like it's not uh, dory jackson's been playing great logan ryan i shouted him out uh last week he's been playing really well their front seven is 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 solid Mm -hmm. you know no no real big star power but they're just playing as a very cohesive unit and their star their star power is is in their secondary and that's the kind of what you need especially if you're going to go against you know patrick mahomes and that offense you you need a secondary that has some really really big talent um so if i'm a chiefs fan I'm a little bit worried. Granted, it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, he's going to be able to throw on pretty much anybody. But we saw the blueprint for how the, uh, I mean, granted, it was a little bit different. But they played during the the regular season, and the Titans won that game. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Granted, it was a one-possession game, but they they can beat this team. They've beaten them in in the past before. And I think that the, the strengths of the Titans' offense play to the weaknesses of the Chiefs defense because the Chiefs defense is bottom third in the NFL in terms of like a lot rushing yards allowed and not every team has a Derrick Henry as a matter of fact <laughs> I'd argue 31, 31 teams other teams don't have a Derrick, have a Derrick Henry <laughs> yes exactly right so I'm a little worried I I would not be surprised if the Titans upset here Granted, I will say I will say this the one failsafe that Chiefs fans can hold on to is that as long as Arrowhead Stadium security does not let Charles Penn into the building. Oh, they yeah. will be okay. <laughs> so, for those of you guys who do not know, uh, there is a Chiefs fan named Charles Penn who uh, he said that he said himself in the past when he goes to Chiefs games they always lose when he's there present at, right. the, at the stadium. So he was at Texans Chiefs and he said to himself, or he's told news outlets since then, that at fourteen nothing with two thirty six. Uh, with 209 remaining in the first quarter, he told fans near him, said, hey, look, if the Texans go up 21-0, I'm out of here. Sure enough, Texans went, went up 21-0 after Tyreek Hill muffed the punt. Yep. Shortly after, they scored a touchdown, and a seat he apparently paid $258 for. Right. He dipped. 
I was like, no, I'm out of here. Yeah. Posted the video on social media, said, hey, guys, I'm leaving. Hope the Chiefs win. Hope the Chiefs win. Yeah. He said himself when he got back home, it was 28-24. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and, and then I think one of the reporters brought it up during the press conference after the game to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And the guy's like, hey, uh, stay home. <laughs> stay on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> don't come uh, to the yeah, next Patrick, game. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes said that in the press conference. He added him on Twitter and said, hey, don't come. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is like, like, if you're a Chiefs fan, like you don't like want to hear that, you know? Like, But if, also, if the Chiefs are going to win, then you, yeah, you'd love to hear you that. Do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Any interaction with you with your so yeah, as long as as long as Charles Penn is nowhere in near the vicinity of Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's we'll that see. simple. <laughs> yeah, it is that is that simple. Yeah, I'm not I'm not an overly superstitious guy, but you can't help but wonder sometimes like when you you go and you go to the fridge to grab like a beer or something like that when mm-hmm. you're watching the game and then they score while you're not watching the TV for that one <laughs> second you're like Maybe I should have watched the rest of the game. Should I stay in the kitchen? The rest so you know what? I was time? wearing I was wearing this sock with a hole in it the last time the Bucks won. I'm going to wear it next week, this week too. Right. <laughs> or uh, it just I, I feel like every sports fan is guilty of that. Just a little, at least thinking about it. Yeah, like, for sure. For like sure. Any small amount of 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 goodwill you can send towards your team. A lot uh, like of times me, me personally, I've been to three Bucks games in my life, and they have not won. Really? Yeah. Not that they're a good team, anyways. But still, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I think that I want to say every Bucks game I've gone to, they have won. Now that I think about it, let's get John season tickets. Yeah, man, I'm not gonna say no. I'm not gonna say no. Bucks fans, hit me up. <laughs> if, we, if we if we crowdfund this, we can get me to the uh, to the games. Uh, so that's not the only game though going on this weekend. Obviously, the NFC Championship: Packers, 49ers. I don't want to. Let's put it this way: when I think to myself, one game sample size in the NFL. You pick the team with the better quarterback. That's a pretty good rule of thumb. That's a solid barometer. Yeah. Right? It, it would have bit people picking against the Titans the last two weeks, but right. you know, that's, there are always outliers to every rule. Exactly. Well, that's the thing, too. Like <laughs> In this playoffs, it's kind of been the thing. Kirk Cousins against Drew Brees. Right. Right? Tannehill against Brady, Tannehill against, against uh, Lamar. Lamar Jackson. Exactly right. I mean, you could argue also Aaron Rodgers against uh, Russell Wilson, too. Ooh. Russell Wilson's had a heck of a season. Hey, I like this take. A heck of a season. Let's talk about it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I, when I think of like greatest quarterbacks of all time, I still think Aaron Rodgers is above. Yeah, but right Russell now I'd pick Russell Wilson over him. Me too. Me Even too. though they lost, I'd still pick Correct. Russell Wilson. Granted, Aaron Rodgers I still think is one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL. He's definitely still, I think, in my opinion, top five, top ten. There's an argument to be made for him to be uh, outside of the top five. But anyways, he's taking on Jimmy G. Who? I mean, he's been fine. He's been fine. He's been fine. That's right. all we can say about him. And that's and in this case, he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers. I don't he think anybody is, would argue against that. Uh, exactly. That being said, there it is. <laughs> that qualifier. <laughs> that being said, I got the 49ers all day. Yeah, I, all I, 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 day. Also, I also do. All day. <laughs> I call uh, this a somewhat sports guarantee. I guarantee it. Oh boy, a guarantee? Yeah. Okay. All right, you're going there. I like I it. I am. A guarantee. I am. I will guarantee that this will be the best uniform matchup of the NFL playoffs. <laughs> That's my guarantee. You, you, Mr. Uni watch. I, I, oh my gosh. Because right, you hate so, the Titans uniforms. That's well, why. Well, I don't hate them. They're fine. They're Jimmy G. They're fine. All right. <laughs> what I will say is that. You're saying, you're saying the Titans uniforms are the Jimmy Garoppolo of uniforms. Yeah, they're relatively new. They're not terrible. They're not good. Well, you can also you can say that the Ryan Tannehill of, uh, of uniforms also. <laughs> well, he's not relatively new. That's fair. <laughs> um, what I will say, though, is, and I'm, I'm actually, I haven't got off the uni part yet. <laughs> this game is going to be, obviously, the 49ers are home, so they're going to be wearing gold, red, gold, 
Helmet, jersey, pants, gold, red, gold. Mm-hmm. Packers will be yellow, white, yellow. I will say this would have been that much better if the game was at Lambeau because I, I yeah, yellow, personally green, yellow, love yeah. the green jerseys that the, the, the Packers too. wear. And I think that the 49ers uniforms, I think the, the road ones look better, white, gold, white. I think it looked better personally with the red socks. But we don't have to get into it. No, we don't. <laughs> this is a football podcast, not a. You guys, if you guys will please subscribe to my uh, spinoff podcast, somewhat uniforms. <laughs> where I, I That's break not down a thing. I break down. I, it can be if I wanted to. Be. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring. You can have the the music we use for the intro for this one. Yeah, uh, hold on. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, many thoughts, somewhat. What do you miss? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, but I yes, I'm a very I I enjoy the aesthetics of sports a lot. That has to do with uniforms, stadiums, uh, the, the crowd being into the th- into sure. things, right? The I, I care about things like uh, the NBA referee uniforms are not as good as they used to be. That's that we again we don't have to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> good. Can we talk about football now? Yeah, we're good. That, okay. that, all right, we're Thank good. you. <laughs> Jeez. Anyways, I've got the 49ers over the Packers for a couple reasons. Number one, the 49ers defense is healthy. Yeah, D Ford back. Drake Greenlaw looks amazing. I mean, we talked a couple of weeks ago when 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 Colin Alexander uh, got injured, he was done for the year. We're like, oh, like is Drake Greenlaw this rookie out of Arkansas going to be able to step up? My goodness, he's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. It's almost like Colin Alexander never left. Kinda. They do <laughs> they do things a little differently, but they're both they're both very good. Um, Warner's been great. Richard Sherman has another, been fantastic. Another, pick, another yeah. pick on a good good read. Yeah, jump the route. So you know, and when I look at the Packers, like yes. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but he's not the Aaron Rodgers of old, number one. Number two, if you I, – I trust Robert Sala to do a better job of planning for Devontae Adams uh, than, than Pete Carroll did. I think that Richard Sherman, first off, I mean, it, it really depends on what Matt LaFleur decides to do in terms of, because he, he does do a pretty good job of scheming his guys open. But in terms of like one-on-one matchups, Devontae Adams versus Richard Sherman, that's going to be, first off, a matchup I really want to watch because I think it's going to be yeah. very interesting. That's the premier receiver corner matchup of the weekend. Yeah. But I, if I'm Matt LaFleur, I also try to do my best to not have Devontae Adams on Richard Sherman as much as possible. I, th- I think the, the 49ers will be smart to have Sherman just follow him all over the field. But the thing is, I don't know how much shadowing Richard Sherman does. Because usually the, the way, I mean, that's how uh, that's how a lot of what uh, his success with Seattle was with Richard Sherman was like a lot of like cover three uh, with Richard Sherman just taking the entire boundary like on the right side of the field, like just off the table, mm-hmm. right? Um, a little bit different than like how Darrell Revis used to do, where it's just like just like just just whatever wherever Darrell Revis is, the safety can go somewhere else because Darrell Revis just take care of it. Yeah, right. But I think that if Richard, because I haven't really looked at the stats necessarily as to how often Richard Sherman stays on the right side of the field, um, like we're you know accustomed to with with the number one receiver. Yeah. Um, it just it really it depends on how they want to run that scheme but if they don't do that a whole lot you don't want to change up your entire defensive scheme because then that's the thing defense is all based on rules like everyone has certain rules for Match-ups. how they yeah exactly so if, you know if the receiver the inside receiver does this like the kind of responsibilities kind of change like a little bit not too too much obviously there's you know zone schemes and stuff like that you guys stay in your certain areas but um that being said you don't want to throw your entire offense like or sorry your entire defense and all its rules like out of the window uh, just because you know Devonte Adams just decides he's going to line up in a different spot. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if it, if you're getting torched, then yeah, you have to like think of something else to do. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I 
I don't think Aaron Jones is going to have a very good game. They're not going to get. I don't think they're going to get a whole lot of run support uh, against that that Forty Nine ers front seven. They've been really, really good. And again, like I said, they're healthy now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they are. They got Bosa. They got D Ford. Warner, yeah, everybody like said, back. everybody's back. Like, it's exactly that defense from earlier this season that was yeah. allowing like a record low number of points along with the Patriots at the time. Yeah, they're back. Exactly. With the, the exception of obviously of Quan Alexander, who's you know, but since that point, they that defense has stayed intact and they were great without him. So yeah, they they have they seemingly didn't miss much of a step. Exactly. So, so Niners, Niners, Chiefs, Super Bowl. That's what I, that's what I'm thinking. And also when it comes to and, and I want to talk about the, the the converse there, the other side of the ball with the 49ers on offense. I, I first off, the Packers have not been good running the, a good running defense. You know, definitely below average, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, I will say that their pass defense took a step forward last or between last from last year to this year. That being said, though. Uh, I trust Kyle Shanahan. He is an offensive genius. He got Matt Ryan a freaking MVP award, right? <laughs> not not to say that Matt Ryan isn't good, because I know that you. I'm not going to get that from you because you're a Buccaneers fan. But Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. I, I do like. I think he's even though he there are certain shortcomings there. I think Matt, Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback. Um, that being said, though, I think that Kyle Shanahan got the most you're ever going to see out of Matt Ryan, um, and he's doing the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he did the same thing with Nick Mullins last year, right? <laughs> he's like he's smart. He's a smart guy, and he's, you know, that 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 offense is kind of clicking. I mean, they can. It seems like they just every week there's a new running back that runs for 300 yards, like just out of nowhere, right? Like who the heck is Raheem Mostert, right? Like at the beginning, of the I season, thought his like, last name was Mustard. No, it's not. It's very no, no, close. no. I mean, I mean, when I, when I was gonna say when I first like heard of him, I was like Raheem yeah, Mustard. Interesting. Yeah. Mostert. Does he know Mostert. French is Mustard? <laughs> Such a bad joke. Anyways, so. I can't believe I laughed at that. Yeah, I know you did. I was, I was glad. I was kind of glad you did because I felt very alone on that island for a second. Goodness. No one else. It's just you and me. None of the other podcast listeners. Are like, oh, like that was a great joke. No, I want to get just, off this island. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I, I'm just excited uh, for the Titans Chiefs matchup. I think that, barring anything crazy like an injury or something like that, I think that Packers 49ers is a, is a foregone conclusion, in my opinion. You know, again, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I thought that the Ravens were going to roll all over the Titans. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see, I guess, Sunday <laughs> Sunday evening uh, how, that, how that turns out. But I, I really, when I look at strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness, like, I, I think the 49ers are going to take this one by, by a considerable margin. I don't think it'll be particularly close. Uh, all right, moving on to baseball a little baseball news um and we're not joking we're actually moving on to baseball we're actually going to talk I about baseball no <laughs> i know we usually go straight into basketball and i'm like please don't switch off the podcast um, <laughs> but some big news in the baseball yeah, we're not gonna no, spend too much time on news. it but there's one big question to come from this and you can go introduce it and then so the astros won the world series a couple years back and it's been reported on now and and confirmed that they may have cheated during this time period uh stealing signs and then using that to communicate with the batter mm-hmm. uh and of course when you when you look at who was in charge you have to fire uh who was in charge during that time period so the Astros GM and the Astros coach or manager were both suspended yeah, the, M- the MLB suspended them for a season, and then shortly after, the Astros decided to fire them. Right. So, uh, general manager Jeff Luno, and Luno is that you said his name, mm-hmm. and uh, manager AJ Hinch both um, were actually fired. Like after the report came out, they were going to be suspended for the year. So the the president of the company of the uh, of the Astros just said, like, you know what, 
the or the owner, excuse me, Jim Crane, uh, fired him right after that. So and then and then it, that it didn't just end there. Yeah, exactly, it came. It, it, it didn't hit, just end two, there. Two meteors hit the baseball world, not just one. Right, and then <laughs> uh, the Boston Red Sox fired Alex Cora, their manager. Right. And uh, they, he was also they, part of that. Uh, because he was a part of the coaching staff in 2017. And right. also because there was an investigation being, uh, you know, in, into the Red Sox for their World Series year, the year after 2018. Right. Yep. Um, obviously, Alex Cora, after winning with the Astros in 2017, was was <laughs> given the, sign stealing and everything. Well, yeah, he was given he was <laughs> the given Red the Sox. he was given the job in Boston and brought over more than just his baseball acumen to Boston. He also brought his baseball his cheating trash can. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Alex Cora was also fired, and this brings up uh, an interesting question that I posed to John earlier, and wanted to talk about a little bit on the show. Hopefully, get some feedback from some of the listeners. Um. In the past, we've seen other sports organizations, most notably the NCAA, revoke championships, wins, and other accolades from teams, players, programs for violating rules right. that they deemed to have been serious enough to revoke an entire championship. Yeah. Um, the only time that baseball has done this was back uh, almost, well, actually 100 years ago now. In 1919, the Chicago White Sox were found uh, guilty of throwing the World Series, the famous 1919 Black Sox scandal. Um, they banned those some, a few of those players for life, and uh, they didn't revoke the championship that the um, I forget <laughs> I forget who they beat or who they lost to. But it was they, 1919. I don't blame you for not remembering. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was there. I saw it, man. It was crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> what a time. <laughs> but yeah, they, it's not like they had to revoke a championship, but that championship for again whoever won that year is always going to have a bit of an asterisk on it because of the cheating scandal. Sure. In this case, I want to ask. Do you think it's plausible for the MLB to, one, revoke the Astros and Red Sox, their respective championships, and two, how would it be received by the public in, in comparison to the NCAA when they did that with most famously Reggie Bush and the USC, right? Yeah, so I, it, to me, it's when you look at, so the NCAA has, a, I think, a little more power over the, oh, for sure, yeah. over the athletes and over the programs than... Major League Baseball does over its over its teams, yeah. yeah, because none of them are owned by the MLB. Correct. Every owner, and granted, the NCAA doesn't own like these institutions either, but they can just say, like, okay, then you're not in the league anymore, right? You like, know, what I'm so you're not in the. So, to me, when you look at what the NCAA did with vacating some of those wins when you know Reggie Bush was taking quote unquote impermissible benefits mm-hmm. or whatever it is, uh, when you look at that versus that that has less of an impact on the game i think than what the oh, for Houston sure, Astros yeah. were By doing far. like no reggie bush wasn't running for 200 yards on everybody because he had extra money in his pocket right maybe he wasn't as hungry as other players but that's another stuff that's another right. thing i will say that um i think the interesting dynamic here would be i would expect if the mlb were to consider an idea like this right revoking championships i'd expect the owners of each team to boycott that and threaten to I don't even know what they threaten with, but right. they would they would obviously you know provide some sort of uh, some sort of uh, you know, backlash to that. Sure, I will say that the interesting thing is that back in 2005 when the NCAA well back when the NCAA revoked the 2005 national championship from USC, um, USC and themselves distanced themselves from Reggie Bush. Right, like they were like, yeah, you're not welcome back on campus, essentially. Right, it's interesting that the um, the institution would side with the organization instead of their team or their, yeah. their players. Well, because I, fe- I feel like if you are... So and that, that kind of goes back to what I was saying when it comes to 
the NCAA having more, more power. power over these institutions. Because when you look at when you look at the athletics departments mm-hmm. as a whole, they bring in so much money to these uh, to basically every college. It's not, I was going to say you know just like the D one schools, major D one programs, but it's not. It's more than that. You know, when you look at the revenue that that and, and it, what it does is when you have your your team on these national stages, when you're when you're a, an LSU, when you're an Alabama, when you're a Florida, you know, and even I mean Clemson, when you're a, even I mean Florida State back in you know when they were relevant, <laughs> you know, it just it just teams like across the country where it, having a a good athletics program where people are excited and you're on the national stage on a, on a consistent basis does so much for your enrollment and that's at the end of the day if you're you know the head of whatever you i mean granted they're not like for-profit universities but at the end of the day they're trying to make more money sure right so if you're the ncaa and you say hey if you don't do everything you can to distance yourself from reggie bush and everything that he was doing if you're you know an athlete that was taking impermissible benefits then they they are well within their power to disc or uh, what's what i'm looking for to remove particular institutions from being able to play in NCAA tournaments, NCAA mm-hmm. events, right. right? And that would do tremendous harm to enrollment and all that. Sure. And again, that's dollars. Whereas with Major League Baseball and, and really other professional sports as a whole, the people who own the team are already billionaires, right? And they're all friends for the most part. So I don't think that the Major League Baseball, it's, it's a good way for the, the function of these commissioner's offices and, and all and the league offices and all that stuff. Yes, they do hand out punishments and stuff like that. But really, at the end of the day, their primary function is to come up with a plan of action to make all of these companies more money. Right? Yeah. So I don't think they're going to vacate anything. I just think it's an interesting option. It is. It's definitely because, it's on the table. Because I, I'd argue that a lot of fans are going to just mentally revoke those championships from those teams sure. because of something like this. Sure. Like, forever now, I mean, for the last 20 years, people have always put an asterisk next to Barry Bond's name because sure. of his uh, steroids or any other player that yeah. took steroids, right? People will say, oh, he hit 73 home runs in one season with an asterisk. Um, so I think in the future, uh, baseball fans and just sports fans in general will remember the 2017 Houston Astros and the 2018 Boston Red Sox as championships with an asterisk. Right. Yes, they won, and we can go back and watch those games, and yes, they won those games, but we found out after the fact that they had um, you know, an unfair advantage. Sure. And it's uh, I always love a good cheating scandal in sports. Me too. But uh, a lot of times... <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny. It, it's fun because... It's, it's never when it's... Not when it's when it's a team that it happened against you. Oh, sure, sure, you sure. Know, or so a team like I care about. The Dodgers yeah. or whatever, and like, no! Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it, I always love sp- cheating scandals in sports because... It's just interesting to me to see the inventive ways that people will go about trying to find a right. competitive advantage. 100%. 100%. Um, what they say, uh, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I like that. And, and that, you know, you, you see that all the time in, in, in recreational sports. Why wouldn't it happen when, you know, billions of dollars are, are on the line? So, I, again, I'm not surprised. And, but I think that at the end of the day, I think Major League Baseball will say, and I think that's, this is another way where teams are being proactive. I think that's a big reason why these firings happened. Because it's like, if you're the team, you say, look, 
They were. It was their idea. Mm-hmm. They're gone now. Right. We can. We our our legacy is no longer tarnished. We're no longer affiliated with them at all. Yeah, the last Please thing, don't take away our words. The last thing you want to do is have that awkward period between now and the beginning of the next season, where it's like, why haven't they fired the people involved? Yeah. Why are they still continuing to do this? Why are they continuing to do that? And the very last thing you want is like opening day. Uh, you know, Alec, AJ Hinch has announced that <laughs> opening day, and then just gets booed. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that would happen, but no, I don't think so either. Um, not, f- not from Houston fans, unless they got their championships vacated. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way I think that they would boo him. I think that if, if I mean, sports, if I'm a sport, Houston, if I'm a, so if if I found out that my beloved Dolphins, who I've never seen them win a Super Bowl, as a matter of fact, since I've been alive, they've never even been in a Super Bowl. The last Super Bowl they were in was nine years before I was born, and I'm 26. It's been a long time. If I found out that Brian Flores cheated his way to a Super Bowl victory for my boys in Aqua and Orange, I wouldn't care one bit. I would yeah. lift that man up on my shoulders every day. Yeah, sports fans are inherent. <laughs> are, sports fans are inherently irrationally yes. uh, um, loyal. I would not care one bit because like, he, brought, he brought a Lombardi trophy. Sports fans are the same people who, after Jim Beheim, Syracuse basketball coach, uh, apparently got in an accident and killed somebody. Um, in that accident, he came out the next game into a standing ovation from <laughs> Syracuse fans. His fault. Yeah, it was 100% his fault that accident, and they could have just treated it. They could have done one of two things, or one of three things, I guess. They could have one treated it as if it never happened and just continue on supporting right. Syracuse basketball. They could have two, um, you know, asked that something happened to Jim Beheim, like just discipline wise, or sure. three, they could have done what they did and give him a standing ovation as if he as if he just came home from war or something. Yeah. Uh, so sports fans are Crazy. an interesting group of people. Yeah. So okay. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they were to double down on AJ Hinch and be like, hell yeah, we're the Astros and we cheat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we're the Red Sox and we cheat. Um, right. Which I wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for Boston sports. So. <laughs> Very, very true. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on. Enough about baseball. Let's talk about basketball. And there is one guy in the NBA right now that I have more interest in than really almost anyone else. Besides the Miami Heat. Besides, I mean, yes, of course. Like, you know, <laughs> anybody uh, outside personal, of Miami. Personal allegiances notwithstanding. And he is? John Morant. Yes. John Morant. I, I have not watched it. By, by confession, I have not watched a whole lot of Memphis Gri- Grizzlies basketball this season. But I've watched a lot of John Morant. <laughs> but I've watched a lot of John Morant. John I, Morant Island is filling up pretty quickly. Yeah, it is. And I'm trying to get in on this thing. <laughs> the other day, they played Houston. Yeah. Played, uh, played James Harden and the Houston Rockets. And the, at one point, I didn't even remember what the score was because it didn't really matter. Because John Morant is just that dude. The only thing that matters is that John Morant scored 26 points on 10 of 11 shooting. Exactly. And and that includes a three. Because, okay, let me set the scene for you. John Morant is at the top of the key, right? Guarded by James Harden. Leading and, scorer in the league. That's right. Yeah. James Harden decides to give him what I call the Udonis Haslam treatment. If you uh, if you watched the, the Pacers series from a couple of years back where uh, Chris Bosh was, was injured, and so they had Udonis Haslam out there uh, playing the play, – was he playing the four or was he playing the five? Either way. They gave him the Ben Simmons. Big minutes. They gave him the LeBron in 2011 finals. Right. Like, go ahead. They gave him the, shoot, Giannis, the Giannis from last year's playoffs. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and shoot. I bet you won't. And John Morant said, what? You're going to do that to me? <laughs> and he drained a three. Right there. And he used a couple expletives uh, <laughs> after that. 
but he said basically tell that uh, man bleep bleeper <laughs> about me tell that man about me exactly not exactly that word i'm like that there's a couple yeah and to me, that is amazing. I mean, this is the same guy who attempted to murder Kevin Love on a basketball court you by dragging did. his um, scrotum across his face. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It, I, I love this kid. Yeah, I he, love him. He's, he's one of the most entertaining players in the league, and that, this is a league that includes LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Luka Doncic, and so on and so forth. I need more of that. Where is that? I'm tired of Kevin Durant smack-talking Kendrick Perkins on Twitter. <laughs> Who cares? It's Twitter, and it's Kendrick Perkins. Come on. Like, really? Really? Yeah. Just leave it alone. But, anyways, I, that's, that, <laughs> I could go off on Kevin Durant all day. I want more in-game, in-your-face. I'm saying it to you in person, not through my phone or my burner accounts or whatever. Kevin Durant. In-your-face. Tell that bleep bleeper about me. He's, he's going to be a legend. I love it. <laughs> Why isn't that all the time? He's the next Kyrie as far as NBA Twitter being behind him for no reason. I know. I, <laughs> I love him. I love him. And you know what I want to see? And we had talked about this a little bit. One-on-one tournaments. Who, who brought that up the other day? Right. So uh, about a week ago, so a week or so ago, um, CJ McCollum was asked, about All-Star Weekend coming up soon, right? Coming up in February. Yes. And he was asked how the NBA could improve it or if he has any ideas about how they could improve it. So right. he, he said it, but he credited Dame Lillard in the quote said, uh, Dame Lillard uh, brought up the idea of challenging other NBA players to a one-on-one game for money. Yeah. Um, so I took that idea and we kind of expanded it a little bit because I looked into it. The NBA has done this before. In 1972, do remember those days, John? Um, <laughs> I'm not that old. Relax. 1972. In 1972, I was that wasn't an old joke. I was making a joke like from earlier. It, it came Whatever. across that way to me. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, 1972, the NBA did have a one-on-one tournament during All-Star Weekend. Um, the interesting thing was that it was like a eight-player tournament, single elimination, played to uh, I believe it was like 11 or 21. I don't yeah, know and the grand prize was like what 20 thousand dollars, something like that, right? So each <laughs> each round, well, right back then it was a lot of money. Each round had a small cash prize, an increasing cash prize for every round right. you advanced to. So the winner and the, of the final got fifteen thousand plus whatever he yeah, won in all the games before that. From like the, the semis, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, exactly. So the NBA has done this before. Hosh obviously hasn't happened in almost fifty years, but get it sponsored by like forty years by but, Kia, and then just have Kia make all that, just put all that money on the table. They'll do it. But yeah, it's, that's the idea, right? So I, me and John considered, or John and I considered, <laughs> how the NBA could put together a one-on-one tournament for this year's. All-Star Weekend. Right. And we kind of took the same idea, right? Eight players, single elimination. Um, winner gets cash prizes or some other prize, uh, whether that be like maybe cash towards the charity of their choice, right. whatever it may be. Because obviously you can't incentivize players with like $50,000 Right. <laughs> but uh, we came up with eight names for the single elim- elimination and they're, tournament. they're all like one through threes, aren't they? Yeah. Most of them are point guards. There's a couple. I mean, they're all guards, basically. Okay. But because guards are like quick, shifty, right? Dribble right. moves. The most entertaining type of one-on-one player there is, right? I nope. don't know, man. I really like... I would I would really like to see there be like different divisions and have it be like a front court. Okay. Like yeah, sure. Because I was going to say, why would you want to watch like Rudy Gobert back down somebody right. for, yeah, yeah, for yeah, 21 points? I definitely points. don't want to see Rudy Gobert do anything, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but right we came up with this idea again it's a very rough thing but we just kind of wanted to go through it right so we have eight players here listed Zach Levine of the Chicago Chicago Bulls John Morant obviously <laughs> Kyrie Irving obviously De'Aaron Fox of the Kings Kemba Walker obviously 
<laughs> James Harden for obvious reasons. If Kemba Walker isn't facing Kyrie in the first round, what are we doing? Okay, fine. I'll switch it around real quick. Fine. We'll do that. <laughs> and also, the other two players, Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell, right? These yeah. are eight players we came up with at the top of our head. Maybe there are other players who you, a listener may think of um, to include here. Again, these are just it's a very rough edit. But <laughs> we essentially created some eight one-on-one matchups. Yeah, if you, if you think of one, shout us out on, uh, on Twitter and of course. say, hey, uh, yeah, you guys forgot to put this guy down. Right. So, in a matchup between Zach Levine and John Moran, who right. would you take? Zach Levine versus who? John, John Moran. John Moran all day. All just, right, we're going with Ja. Just because he'll get in his head. I just like... <laughs> we're going with Ja. All right. Second round. Here's your Kyrie Kemba matchup. You have to pick one now. Oh, you wanted Kyrie. it. You wanted it. Now you have yeah. to pick it. I, it's Kyrie, but I just thought I want to watch him do it. Yeah? Was, yeah. All right. We're going with Kyrie? Okay, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, would, you I'm pick, not, would you pick Kemba? Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if you won. I'm not going to argue with you, though. Good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, I could see it going either way, honestly. All right. The Aaron Fox against James Harden. James Harden. Yeah, okay. I think James Harden's winning the whole thing, but we'll just... We'll oh, cross why that. would you spoil that? All right, anyways. Cross that bridge Damian there. Lillard, Jonathan Mitchell. Ooh. It's always Dane time, though. Is it? <laughs> I do like Donovan Mitchell a lot. His game I, enjoy, I like Donovan. Way. There it is. I like it a lot. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I like Donovan Mitchell too, but I'm going to go with Damian Lillard. Yeah. Right? I, I think that uh, Damian Lillard is a little more versatile of a scorer. All right. Sen- semifinals. Now we and get- again, though, I feel like I feel like Donovan Mitchell is a better defender. Possibly, but I think when you get anybody one on one, I think like even James Harden, if you get him one on one with somebody, he's going to try his hardest. Like that's, yeah, that's there's fair. not going to be a that's fair. There's not going to be him him. Div, you know, div, uh, what's the word? Deferring to his teammates for right, help defense, right? right? right. Yeah, looking for some help from the <laughs> like PJ Tucker's not going to be there to swipe yeah. their hand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we move on to the semifinals, right? John Moran against Kyrie Irving. NBA Twitter would explode. It would. <laughs> oh man, I'd watch this. Oh, this would be like this sounds fun, isn't it? Like, yeah, a game, quick game to eleven. Like so that way you don't have you don't have to go good. to twenty one for like you know health reasons or whatever. Right. Quick game to eleven. Yeah, but you got to win by two. They got to win by two. Does the winner? Those are the rules. Does, does the winner get the score? Get the ball back. When you score? Ooh. I feel like you got to go make it, take it. Make it, take it. All yeah. Right. Anyways, John Morant, Kyrie Irving. Make it, take it, and you got it. yeah, every, uh, everything back. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, it's playground rules, but that's the way, it, it's the, it is the way it is. John Kyrie. <laughs> John Kyrie. Man, I mean. I'm going to go with Kyrie because he's a better shooter. Like, John Morant, yeah, he made that three. He has not been a... He, no, he's, he's shooting a, 40% from, the, from three point, but that's because he's not taking many three-pointers right, at all. Right, he's picking his spots for sure. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna yeah, go with Kyrie. I'll go Kyrie too. Kyrie, All right. healthy Kyrie for sure. The other semifinal, James Harden and Damian Lillard. James Harden, Harden. All right. Yeah. So it sets up Harden and Kyrie in the final again. This is like imagine this all happening within the it's like it's a it's one Harden. and a half hours time span, something yeah, like that. I don't it's know. Harden. Maybe in between each round, you have the three point contest, the skills challenge, and the dunk contest. Sure. I don't know. But um, you going James Harden? Yeah. All right. Again, I'm not. I can't. I can't really argue with that. I just feel like James Harden. If it, he's if the, he, make it, take it. Then he's the it's leading James scorer in the league, and he's already. He's like one of the only guys who does right. it all in isolation. I just like he, to me, like when you make it, when you make it, make it, take it. It's James Harden. Like yeah. if, if it's make it, give it. Then I would say maybe not. But make it, take it. But like, like Harden's just, just gonna start I, popping threes yeah. all day long. <laughs> that's, that's my thought process. He's yeah. gonna win the game like twelve zero. Yeah. He's just not gonna. He's not gonna get the ball back. He's not gonna miss. Yeah. But right, the idea, but if you disagree, let us know. Exactly. If you disagree, add, if, you add have, sports. if you have any other player you'd like to see in this, you know, small little tournament, again, it's a very rough thing we just kind of came up with. But the idea being, this sounds very entertaining. Like right. it'd be probably if not if the dunk contest isn't isn't you know good like it always like it is every year. You know, every year is pretty in- inconsistent. We're we gonna get um, Vince Carter by the way in the dunk contest. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's inconsistent again, uh, hopefully the one-on-one tournament would be the uh, kind of like premier event of All-Star Weekend. Sure, I certainly think it's something the NBA should look into. Uh, we'll see if they do whether or not whether or not they do. Well, um, 
we'll have to wait and see. But uh, that does it for NBA talk. I think the next thing we wanted to speak about was uh, we forgot to mention last week on the show about the college football national championship. Just a little bit of a preview, right? We could have talked a, bit, a little bit about it. We we haven't really talked about college sports all year, so that's yeah. why I was kind of like, uh, do we like want to like really hype up the national championship? Just because, I mean, I don't know. It's I I was excited. I watched the game. It was a lot of fun. Um, I wish it had been closer. And a lot of people say that Clemson kind of got robbed a little bit uh, at the end there on that uh, on that bomb. But I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like LSU just flat outplayed Clemson. They might have made it, been able to make it close at the end if they hadn't uh, the refs hadn't blown that call. But yeah, I, I think the most damning stat of the day for Clemson was Trevor Lawrence, who had 13 overthrows over the course yeah. of the game. 234 yards, 18 to 37, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah, he was pretty incons- inconsistent. And granted, this is only his first loss of his college career, so it's not like there's he just it's not like he knew no. it's not like he really knew how to play from behind. Right, <laughs> exactly. And and he's going to be back next year and he'll be he'll have a chance to uh to improve his yeah. uh, his draft. Style. LSU has <laughs> they've had they had probably maybe the shortest championship window of any college football program I, in recent memory because the year they get Joe Burrow, or well, I guess he was there last year, but Joe Burrow becomes this Heisman candidate yeah. under the uh, offense created by uh, passing game coordinator, I guess is what the, his title is, Joe Brady. Right. Um, Joe Brady creates this insane offense that Joe Burrow blossoms into, becoming one of the, like, if not one of if not the best college quarterback of all time as far as single season numbers. Right. right. Fifty nine passing touchdowns, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, he had five over five thousand over yeah. five thousand yards per. Yeah. I think nearly five fifty five hundred yards passing. Mm-hmm. Um. It's like seventy seven percent pass completion rating. I want to say. Uh, did you see the uh, Sports Illustrated cover? From, yeah, uh, the, the, <laughs> goat. The, the goat. Yeah, yeah. so cool. <laughs> with the you know oh, yeah, the, with the, the spelling with of the goat, goat tigers. tigers. Yeah, G E A U X or whatever. Yeah, and LSU had just this insane team. A lot of their players are going to be leaving to the draft, of course, um, and rightfully so. And Joe Brady has not been hired by the Panthers as an offensive coordinator or an offensive coach. I'm not sure if he's offensive coordinator, but he's gone. Is the point? Right. Um, so LSU next year might not be the same team, uh, but they probably won't. They'll definitely not be the same team. They probably won't be as good this next year. But uh, yeah, there's wanted to mention LSU winning the national championship, right? Right. Big, and Odell big Beckham event. Jr. handing out just stacks <laughs> and of Odell cash. Beckham Jr. breaking NCAA <laughs> rules on national television. We right. love it. We yeah, love to see we it. Gotta love it. And then uh, <laughs> I think Joe Burrow was on. Was it part of my take? Oh, I'm not sure. I, don't, I can't remember. Right. He was on some podcast, and they asked him, like, was that real money? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm not a student athlete anymore. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, the minute that game was over, he's like, hey, everybody give me yeah. money. Thank you very yeah. much. I love it. I and mean, he's smoking it. a cigar in the locker room in his uniform. You got to yeah. love it. Oh, that, what, that. What, what a come up from Macaulay Culkin, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He, he, he's gonna, I hope he does turn into, like, a franchise quarterback because we've seen plenty of quarterbacks put up big he, numbers in college yeah. and they're not – not translate to the NFL, but he's going to be the number one pick, right? He's going to be playing for his hometown, Cincinnati Bengals. You know the big, uh, the the nice like uh, story. Couldn't write a better script. You know that that old, for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that old cliche. But um, but you I had some, you had some issues with because uh, I will say one of the reasons why it was kind of like not not annoying, but kind of tough to get up for the national championship game is because it was on a Monday. 
Yes, I didn't know. Um, I didn't know where you were going Monday. with this at first, but now I know. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I just to me like we had watched all the Sunday games and the Saturday games uh, for for the NFL, and then I was like, oh yeah, that's right, the national championship. Right, game. there's like there's it's a high on stakes a football game Monday on a Monday night. Yeah, and, and we saw how annoying that was because the first half lasted about sixteen hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was halftime at like ten forty five. It was crazy. Yeah, it, I mean that's another you know thing we can talk about is sports starting too late. But uh, well, I don't. I mean, to me, it's one thing if it's if it's a sport that's starting like at eight p.m. on a Saturday, which right, like it's fine. Like most people don't have work on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. So, and every other game during the season, for the most part, is a Saturday game. At least all the marquee matchups are usually right. Saturday games. So you had brought up a, a pretty interesting uh, scheduling change. Yes. So. I am uh, I am officially pitching this, okay. <laughs> and I guess uh, I guess if anybody if if this idea comes up in the near future, I can take full credit. Right. So my idea is simple. We combine. Com- well, I can't even speak. We combine uh, the college football playoff and the NFL playoffs to coordinate them to kind of to to sort of fall on the same day in the sense that. This would create, obviously, a big gap in between college football season and the actual finals of the college football season. But in that case, we could either extend the season a bit by more bye weeks, possibly, even though they have enough. They have like two, three per season. Or maybe just push the season back entirely. Because what I want is championship weekend in American football. So, Saturday, and maybe it's still in February like the Super Bowl is now. Saturday, February 1st, we get the college football playoff national championship, LSU versus Clemson. Right. And then on Sunday, February 2nd, we have the Super Bowl. And that this, to me, makes very, a lot of sense for both um, fans, kind of, in, 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 well, maybe like a big weekend, right? Like almost a holiday weekend, really. If, you know, you still want to have the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday be a holiday, right. this could be a holiday weekend, <laughs> right? Championship Saturday, Super Bowl Sunday. Sure. And we could still have the college football playoff semifinals on the same weekend as Championship Sunday in NFL because... We've seen that the NFL likes to uh, you know, split up their playoff games between Saturday and Sunday yeah. for the first two rounds. But then when it comes to Championship Sunday, they don't, they don't want to give each game their own day. They'd yeah. rather have them both on the same Sunday. Okay. So that Saturday, there's nothing to do. I like it. So we do, so we do the yeah. college football playoffs semifinals on that Saturday. Like yeah. They already are on the same day this, you know, in the current format. And then we have the AFC-NFC championships on Sunday. Give the give give each uh, both teams the both winning teams or all four winning teams I guess sure the week off right then you have the Pro Bowl I guess if you still want to have the Pro Bowl <laughs> or you just have the two weeks off because you earned it and then you have CFP final Super Bowl Saturday right. Sunday so championship now, Saturday Super Bowl Sunday exactly Pedialyte Monday <laughs> exactly <laughs> I love that I love that Pedialyte great advertising yeah. dollars please <laughs> right Hit so me up. let me know if any so the parties in favor of this would be. College football fans, fans of mayhem and Pedialyte. <laughs> the uh, people who would probably be against this are the NFL and yeah, the NCAA, and, unfortunately. And, yeah, and advertisers who want to spread their, their dollars amongst Right, the, because the, the, the NCAA and the NFL are both going to want their own weekend for their championship games, and sure. I totally understand that. I just wish that the world wasn't so cynical. <laughs> I wish the world wasn't so money-driven because this would honestly be a a really, I think, a really nice way of wrapping up football season to have everything on the same weekend. Yeah, it's, I, it'd be a similar parallel to um, the last week of of European soccer matches, mm-hmm. right? So because everybody plays in different times on Saturday, Sunday, whatever, every weekend in, in soccer, but the last week of the season, 
all the games start at the same time every day, mm-hmm. at the same time on the, the same day. So that way, the entire season is wrapped up within those two hours after the, after the games have started. Sure. It's a nice way to end the season, right? It's a big mm-hmm. extravaganza. Everybody's playing. There you go. In this case, everything happens. Everything is decided, college football, NFL, on the same weekend. Sure. And we come out of both with a bunch of things to talk about, a bunch of narratives. Right. Um, again, the, the Super Bowl is such a media juggernaut now that the NFL wouldn't go for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the college football playoff has become a media juggernaut now as well, that they wouldn't go for that either. I think it also gets rid of the fact that the college football playoff final is on a Monday. That's just that's that's been weird ever since they started that. Yeah. But there's the thing is that there's a whole event for like there's like Radio Row and everything like on like the whole week leading up to the Super Bowl is like a bunch of like media appearances yeah. and all that. And I just don't think that. But I, I think that there's enough. There, I think it. I don't think there's there's enough crossover between NFL media and NCAA media that that would be an issue. I think there are plenty of player of plenty of. Uh, Excuse me, uh, media members who specifically color co- cover college football, and others who specifically cover the NFL. Yeah, like could you imagine having college game day on Saturday morning and then waking up Sunday morning to Sunday NFL countdown for the Super Bowl? Stop. Okay, exactly. I understand where you're coming from from like a like a like a fan standpoint. Like, how great would that be? Like, of course. Like, how great would it be if Bill Gates gave me a million dollars? I wouldn't complain one bit. He wouldn't but even notice. He wouldn't even notice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess uh, another. I also had the idea of putting both games on the same city in the same stadium, just uh, to give that city one big weekend. But that would that would pour up, that would bring up some problems with the playing surface and like how safe that would be for the NFL players on right. Sunday. You can, you can do it on a grass stadium or on a grass field, number one, and then you got to worry about getting all the hash marks uh, moved and stuff. Yeah, like that again, from, yeah, yeah, I get, I get it, and, and having to paint the field again and all that. Right, and then do the all the the trim on the outside. It's just <laughs> it's just too much. But even if they were still right, if New Orleans would have had the playoff final on Saturday and Miami still has right. a Super Bowl on Sunday. It just gives people who can't make it to both one big weekend event. Yeah. Now I get it. Now that another downside may be like, say the Saints made this this year's Super Bowl and you are both a LSU and a Saints fan. You can't make it to both. Or I guess you could, but it'd be yeah. <laughs> it'd be quite the weekend. Um, but I just, I think, that I, I'm, maybe I'm not the first person to think of this. And if I am, how? <laughs> sure. Uh I just that, wish, uh, yeah. I think it might have been brought up before, but it's a good idea. I, I just ter- wish it had. Again, I wish it could get theory. more traction. It's a good idea in theory, but sure. it's, again, the dollar, the almighty dollar, just counts too much. Anyways, uh, rounding up towards the end here. Any anything else you got? Well, this is not just anything else, but we're actually going to make this a recurring segment on the show, right? This is the anything else, anything of, else? The, of the show. <laughs> anything else, John? Anything else? <laughs> uh, my anything else for today. It's actually kind of related to what I spoke about earlier with the uh, the Packers and 49ers, uh, the aesthetics of sports. I mm. I love the aesthetics of sports. LSU Clemson, a very nice aesthetically pleasing <laughs> game to watch. Yeah, I do for, like the multiple, all for multiple reasons, right? Yeah. And Clemson was wearing their all orange uniform. Great with the purple trim, mm-hmm. lovely. Mm-hmm. LSU also had some purple, but it was more of a also a trim color because they had the yellow helmet, white jersey, yellow pants. Classic uniform on LSU side, classic uniform on Clemson side. You could tell which team was which. It was very easy to follow. Yeah. Nice green grass field. The Superdome is a very nice stadium to me. I like the the look of it. The the way that the fans on on each end zone are kind of right on top of the field. Mm-hmm. It's a it's obviously a very large stadium, but it's built compact in a compact in a, in a compact fashion. Uh, I don't I don't love all the advertising things that go on around, but the field itself with the college football playoff logo and twenty twenty. And I mean, just the, the game going on itself was a very pleasing thing to watch, very pleasing on the eye. 
Same thing with the uh, Packers uh, 49ers this coming weekend. Um, can't say the same much about Titans Chiefs. I just <laughs> uh, we'll see. I like Arrowhead. Arrowhead's a great stadium to watch to see on TV because yeah. everybody's dressed in red. It's just a great atmosphere. I love the Chiefs all reds too. Yeah, and I, yeah, the Chiefs all red uniforms, right? Um, the fact that they still have the little small oval screen on each side of the field, side of the stadium, they don't have the big LED thing yet. It's just, it's. I just again, these are aesthetics that it's I quaint. like. It's quaint. <laughs> <laughs> like the ultimate insult to me, were, were if we were to have, uh, let me think, Bucks Titans in the Super Bowl. Ugh. <laughs> I want to dig on my eyes, dig my eyes out. Yeah, I would too. I, and then I want to listen to the game because the Bucks are in the Super Bowl, and I want to see if they win. But what would be the most athletic, like, aesthetically pleasing Super Bowl for you? Um. Well, it can't happen because they're both in the NFC, uh, but Packers, um, Cowboys. You like the Cowboys? Though? I mean, I, maybe if, if you were to come out now with a uniform that has three different shades of blue, I might get really mad, but it's the Cowboys. It's classic, right? So the three shades of blue, if you don't that, know. Like, that weird shade of like bluish green, those pants are like blue, green, it's gray. A mint, it's like a mint blue. I, that, I actually them. like that. So here's the I thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> the Cowboys have three different shades of blue on their uniform. Their helmet, the star in the helmet is navy blue. Right. The numbers on the jersey and the stripes and the socks are royal blue and right. then they have the mint blue on their pants. Ugh. In theory it's terrible. It is. In practice it's it's classic. Can't can't get over that. I guess. Um another thing this has this has nothing to do with the question but the another thing that I don't like is that the Giants road uniforms have so much red on them. Because the uh, Giants are big blue, right? Blue helmet, blue jersey, white pants at home. Then they go on the road. Now they have a blue helmet, gray pants, and a white jersey with red numbering and, and stripes and yeah. red socks. I'm like where does the red come from? Why can't that stay as a trim? I'm I'm gonna go off on a tangent. We're gonna be an hour and a half podcast if I keep on doing this. But I yeah, I I mean Packers forty Packers Cowboys can't happen in the Super Bowl. But that combination of yellow, green, yellow, and silver, white, blue, yeah, perfect. Um, if I had to think about an AFC NFC, uh, Dolphins. I'd say well, if they had the throwbacks, yes. I'd say I'd say so I'd say Raiders Packers. And the okay. reason, and the reason I like the Raiders uniforms because they're not flashy and they're just like the classic black and silver. Like that's yeah. that's the thing. Like not like flashy isn't always good. Sure. Like flashy can be good in the in the sense of like the Seahawks. I think that's a good uniform. But and usually, it's flashy. Usually flashy is much more impacted by time period. Oh, for sure. Like I was gonna say, flashy is not good in the sense of the Buccaneers. Right? It's flashy. Right. It's not good. For sure. Um, you know, and, flash, and flash not only good. lasts like a couple of years where you're like, Ugh, like exactly. Like when exactly. you look at back at some of like the flash uniforms, you're like, that was not a good like, idea. Like, if, <laughs> like looking back on some of the old Oregon uniforms, they're pretty bad. Yeah. I like some yeah. of the ones now when they are like mostly green and have a little bit of silver or chrome, whatever sure. you want to throw in there. But you know, flashy isn't always good. And, uh, with uniforms that that's, that's also, that remains the same. Like those lime green, uh, Seattle Seahawks <laughs> uniforms. Wow. <it's> a travesty. <laughs> a travesty. I like the color. It just doesn't really... As a trim. Yeah, it's yeah. great. But when you throw that on the field and it's a big green blobs running around, it's like, nah, no thanks. No thanks. It is. But anything else, John? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to harp on uh, on Luke Keekley's retirement. Um, oh, yes. Yes, yes, it's, yeah. First off, the he's not on social media, so he posted a video that went through the Carolina Panthers Twitter announcing his retirement mm-hmm. uh, at the age of 29 years old. Uh, obviously, he's had his health issues. He's I, I was surprised he even played this year considering... Just how many times he just got knocked out of out of like out of the locker room, out of you know, off the field um, on concussions? I think he's had like three, four, five concussions uh, that we know of during mm-hmm. his professional career. 
Uh, and to me, obviously, you know, you, you got to take care of your, as Marshawn Lynch said, you got to take care of your mental. Mm-hmm. Um, and, as well and, as your chicken. Right. That's right. All <laughs> of these things. Um, yeah. Wise words. Honestly, I, I did really like it. And this is a little bit of a tangent, but I really did like that Marshawn Lynch speech. I think, oh, I, for I think sure, everyone yeah. did. It was very, uh, very impactful um, and very poignant. Uh, but anyways, uh, so talking about Luke Keekley retiring at the age of 29, uh, and I think it was uh, ESPN on or NFL on ESPN's Instagram account that posted some of these notable names of, of players who have retired uh, either age 30 or younger. And you look at them like Calvin Johnson, Patrick Willis, Andrew Luck, obviously, uh, just uh, this past offseason, Rob Gronkowski, Cam Chancellor. And it's it's sad from the football fans perspective when you look at not even like if you're like you know a Colts fan you see Andrew Luck retiring obviously that you know is going to kill you mm-hmm. um, but when you are a fan of the sport and like you're you're seeing these some of these guys who are still like in their physical primes just saying like you know what <laughs> I'm good I'm good <laughs> I'm good thanks but no thanks yeah and 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 it's it's sad because you the the talent is there and you're like man like I just want to see you play football you know, but also from a human perspective, yeah, we understand why they are doing that. You get it, hundred percent, hundred percent, and um, and I think that's going to be a continuing trend going forward. When you see some of these, uh, some of these guys who, if they're coming into the league at you know twenty, twenty one, twenty two years old, they'll get their first contract, like their first like big contract, and then after their first big contract, they'll probably end up retiring. Yeah, there was a there was a linebacker for the Forty Niners, uh, I believe, in two thousand fourteen or fifteen, around that, maybe sixteen or seventeen, but uh, Chris Borland. Played mm-hmm. one season in the NFL at linebacker and was yeah. a pretty promising player. And then he said, you know what? These concussions are kind of um, they're scary. <laughs> they're concerning. Yeah. And he said, you know, I'm done. 24 years old. I'm retiring. Not yeah. from working, but like from the NFL. Sure. Yeah. And because, again, it's such, a, it's such a physical sport, such a violent sport, which is why I really wish they had guaranteed contracts for, for a lot of these players. Um, because the stress that it puts on your body, the amount of you know, just the hits that you take and just constant, just wear and tear and wear and tear. Cause you're, you know, battling against 250 pound guys every single play mm-hmm. in a lot of these cases. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I support Luke Keekley. I think a lot of people, I don't think anyone said like, you know, that they don't support Luke Keekley and his decision. He has to make the best decision for him. And when you look at his injury history, uh, you say, I kind of, I kind of see why I kind of see why, but right. it is sad because he's a heck of a player. And, uh, it's always sad to see a very talented, uh, football player decide to, to hang him up uh, before you know because it, it wasn't like he's playing playing past this prime. You see some of these guys who are trotting out there like you know it was like end end year uh, you know Shaq years when he was like in in Boston and like for playing for Phoenix you're like that's yeah. not Shaq like Peyton Manning 2016 right yeah, that's that's not who that's that's not that who I love no let, let the record show forever that Peyton Manning was once benched for Brock Osweiler that's and it was true. not a crazy move no, at the time it was. <laughs> Um, but anyways, it's just, it's and that there was a legitimate conversation that should Peyton Manning start when he came back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's just sad to see, but again, you know, I, I'm happy for Luke Keekley. I'm happy that he decided that, you know, he had the, the guts to say, all right, this is enough. And, and, you know, it's, it's a sad day for the football world, but you know, it might be a good day for, for Luke Keekley and the the Keekley family. It's always better to get out the game before the game passes you by. Exactly. So with that being said, thank you again for happy retirement to Luke. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. Somewhat Deportes. Exactly. Hopefully, John Williams. Nos vemos. Be, 
and yeah. la próxima yeah exactly hopefully John uh, Williams will be back next week but uh, until then uh, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe the podcast helps us out uh, tremendously uh, you can catch the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at somewhat sports you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at John Dennis Radio that's J-O-N Dennis Radio you can find John Williams at J-L Williams 5 on Instagram and Alberto A-L-B-A-R E-T-O-E on Twitter Instagram same copy and paste with an underscore gotta love it alright thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you next week